we have Nicole Mae Jackson joining me here, youngest yes. female foster care owner in Houston. Yes, Making H history. That's right. Welcome to the show, Sports Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, Live 365, iHeartRadio, Mad Max Radio. How's everything going? Everything is going. You know, it's hot out here in Houston. Um, <laughs> life is good, um, but it's always busy, always busy. But how's everything going your way out there? And you're in Miami, right? No, I I'm in Connecticut. You're in Connecticut? Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. So how's the weather there? It it's kind of back and forth i've noticed a lot of rain going on mm -hmm. of recent it's been pretty much rain every day it, it's been hot a few days but it's mostly rain so you can't really do much yeah yeah that's no fun yeah it's hot down in houston though oh yeah it's yeah. hot it's um hot i was in dallas um the day before and in dallas is like up north texas so it had a little breeze but here it's like a sauna hot i mean it gets it, it's bad <laughs> Yeah, no, it is. it, And we're really in the summer mode now, especially when on the east side, on the east mm -hmm. coast, because we always want to keep it as hot as possible because that cold yeah. winter is coming and yeah, they've been is. getting colder throughout the years. Yes, it is. That's why I like I'm a down south girl. I like to stay down south because let hey. me tell you, <laughs> I want that smoke with the snow. I don't want the coldness. I'm good. Exactly. But you're in your office right now and you've spoke about this in other interviews, this being your spiritual space. So uh, why do you consider this to be your spiritual space? You know, God has gifted me this business. He's given my vision for that. And so just being in my spiritual space in my office is just a place where I get to sigh and relax and speak to him. And people might think their office is, is work and work. And it is at times, but at times I'm able to have my time with him. And so it's truly a blessing for me. It is. It gives me my grounding time. It does. Mm -hmm it's important to have your own space where you can work in and feel comfortable in and, and, and get things done because it's where you're going to spend the majority of your time. And you've even, I've heard about you encountering your spiritual mother while yeah. on a job as well. So talk to me about that. Yeah. So I worked for a, um, uh, a CPA, which is called a child placement agency before I started my own, which I have here at one care. And one care. so, I happened to meet her in the office. Um, she was a foster parent and I did not know who she was in God. And so when she came to me and started to tell me things about myself that no one knew what was going on, I was like, hold up, what is going on here? Just imagine someone coming to you, the things that you're going through at that time, nobody knows. You haven't shared with your spouse, your friends, and they tell you God said X, Y, and Z. You tell me, how are you going to feel, right? And so ever since then, God placed her in my life. And it was such a blessing to have her. And I have her in my life to this day. And she is a, a big driving force of how I'm able to move and the things that I do in the business and how I move just in general. So um, shout out to my spiritual mother. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to her. And you started One Care in 2015, like you said, when you were on the job and you were working at a private agency for, mm -hmm. for 10 years. And before that, you were working for the states out there, Louisiana, Texas. Yeah. Oh, you did your research. Yeah. I 
Yes, I did. I worked for um, CPS in Louisiana first, um, in Ruston, Louisiana, which is a little small country town. And then I wanted to move back home to the city. I worked for CPS in Houston. And then I worked for a private agency where I was at for 10 years. And being there, it gave me so much flexibility. It opened up so many doors for me to meet other entrepreneurs and to meet people and for me to say, hey, I can do this. I can do this. And so it was a journey. I opened up each sector of my businesses at different times. So we offer um, Texas Home Living and we offer HCS, which is Home and Community-Based Services. It's for clients who have intellectual disabilities. And then we also offer foster care with children who are in CPS custody and we do adoption. So God allowed me to open them all at different times. There was no way I could do it all at once. So and you have 10 certifications too. Yes, yes. So we have <laughs> a <laughs> training that goes into it. And so you have to keep up with it. Um, but my one of my my degree and my background is social work. So um I went to Grambling State University, which is the HBCU in Louisiana, and, and that is where I started. Um, and so yeah, having certifications, having your degrees is something that you have to have in the field. Yep. You mentioned Grambling State University right there. And this wasn't actually your first field of interest because you want to do psychology. I did. I thought yeah. I wanted to be a psychologist, but let me tell you, once I figured out everything that was entailed to it, I said, uh-uh, it's not happening. Why do psychology when I can do the same thing in a short amount of time? And I just felt like it just wasn't for me. But I did think I wanted to be a psychologist. And I think when we all go to school, we have this idea of, what we want to do. And then once we start breaking it down, once we start seeing it, we're like, okay, look, I don't know if this is it for me. So um, that's kind of where I was. And I think a lot of us start school not even knowing what we want to do. So, yeah. Yeah. Usually when you go into college, you're undecided sometimes. Because I know I was undecided for, I think, one semester. And then I figured out what I wanted to do. So, yeah, most of the time you go in thinking something. And then if you're not 100% sure, you choose undecided. Exactly. Exactly. That's kind of like how it is. So I just thought I was going in, oh, I'm going to be a psychologist. I'm good. Oh, yeah. It hit me real quick. Okay. <laughs> I changed my mind. I was like, oh, no, this is not for me. My college professor, one, I mean, my counselor, she um, introduced me to social work. And so she was like, I think it'll be a good fit for you. And ever since then, I took off. I was a social work president. Um, for my time that I was there for about two years. Um, and I enjoyed it. I, I really liked it. Mm -hmm. it. It's something that, and it's important to, you, you want to be happy in life. That's the main thing. And I wanted to attach this point because people around you were telling you that, why do you want to get into social work where you make mm -hmm. less than teachers? But you do. it's all about what makes you happy at the end of the day. Correct. Correct. And it's all about what makes you happy, like you said, and also giving and doing the things that you need to do and your calling, because you can do a lot of things that's going to make you money. But is that your calling? Is that what you are supposed to be doing? And no matter if it makes less, a social worker does make less. But I'm on the opposite side now. I'm, I'm a business owner, so I'm not <laughs> I'm not making less. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm doing very well. And so it's just taking what your gift is that God has given you. The money will come. I mean, I think that so many people get focused on, you know, I have to make this money. I want to get into this to make this amount of money. But once you follow what your what God has given you and executed, the money is going to come. Follow, follow him. It's going to come. It's going to come.
Exactly. And, and and it's it's happening right now. And we've seen what you built from this far. But not only were you just doing the social work, because you, you were the president at your club, I heard, the last two years of college at the social club. Yep, I was. I was. You're making me feel old, but I was. <laughs> I was our president. Um, I enjoyed college. You know, being in college, it was something if I could go back and do, I would go back and do it 10 times over because um, you're getting to find who you are. And it, it's just an amazing experience when you have good college experience, too. And so, yep, I was in social clubs and I was also in pageants as well. Um, at Grambling too. So I love um, a good pageant as well. Yeah, I did hear about that. You were in a, is there any specific pageant that you remember that you enjoyed being a part of? Um, I did what we call um, the calendar girl. So I was Miss March. So we would have pageants. You would have like who would be the, the girl of the year. And then you have every month, each person would try out to be a month. And so I was, was I was Miss March. And then I also was Miss Texas. Miss Texas, now. yeah because we were in Louisiana. So we had people from all over. So you had Texas, you had, you know, New York, you might have had uh, Louisiana. So um, we had different galas and balls. And so I enjoy doing that. That's a passion that I do miss. And the social work, because I know a lot of it relates to what you went through in your own life, because I heard that you came from a broken home where your parents weren't together. And, and I always relate it back to like the examples that hip hop artists give in their music and big pun saying that a son needs his father. That's the most important part of his life. We see the yeah. relationship Tupac had with his mother. So I, I, yeah. I always think about this when we think because I because I, my parents aren't married either. So mm -hmm. I, I can relate in that way. What is it that? a child lacks either when they don't have a mother or a father? What do you think they lack when they don't have one or the other? Just that support and knowing who they are, having that support and knowing who you are and someone to back you up. I mean, because I, I tell people all the time, your parents cannot give you what they don't have. You know what I mean? So not having them at times is an issue, but not having that support and that push and that guidance that you need. I mean, it's like you out there fending for yourself. So that's something that is, you know, um, really hard and then discovering who you are. And then when you go to school, you meet different people and you see other people sometimes have two parent households. Sometimes they don't. Some of them are in care. So it's just, you know, having that support and, you know, being able to um, recognize that and being OK with that, because I tell people all the time, I don't pity my story. My story is my story and it is what it is, is what God has allowed. It's what you decide to do with that. It's what you make of it as you start to um, deal with the cards that were given to you. Exactly. Did you see any signs early on, especially knowing that you came from a broken home? That, mm -hmm. Did you feel so that this was your calling when you really look back at it, everything that you're involved with now? Do you think that was the calling? I do. I, I really do. Because like the children that I work with, my heart goes out to them. Like I love to do special things for them and not even the children I work with my own children in my home, you know, me having kids, um, it just let me see that, hey, God gave me my family that I didn't have in the beginning. I have a husband, I have kids. And so being able to pour into them and then the children that I work for, because I actually work for the children. That's what I tell people all the time. 
Uh, they don't work for me. I work for them. But they tell me what to do in, in helping them, the kids that are in care, my clients that I work with, and even the foster parents. So it's just always being there and knowing that you're assisting them. So I do feel like that was part of my calling, too. Like, it gives me um, a great satisfaction to to assist and help others. I don't know. I can't explain it. I can't yeah. explain it. Did because I I did hear that you met your husband at, when going to university. Did, did you ever have a certain view on the topic of marriage? Because coming from yes, your parents that weren't married, yeah. Oh yes, I told him like straight from the jump. Me and my husband, we both came from single parent homes, um, and so we were like, "Look, if we gonna do this, you know." We both want our children to grow up in a two-parent household. We want to be married and give them more because when you don't have that, you want to be able to break that generational curse for your family. I think that's just so important to do that. And so that was a big topic for me. You know, yeah. he understood and he said yes, but you know how y'all men are. Y'all say yes to anything when you start liking somebody. You figure it out. But yeah, it, <laughs> it was... <laughs> so um big discussion for us yeah no that's important i heard that he's real supportive but he he likes being in the background only oh he loves to be in the background he loves if a camera a camera was popping out this weekend when we were in dallas he was like oh no you know that's not my thing but he is very very um supportive of me shout out to my husband raymond jackson i love him so much because he lets me be authentic and who I am and he supports me. So if I have to go out of town, I think like in October, I'll be hosting um, an event in Atlanta and he's going to come with me. And he's just like, I'm, I'm going to be there, but don't be expecting me to do all of this other stuff. I said, okay, I'm gonna let you make it. But he does um, like to support me. And so I'm thankful for that. No, that's important that he's real supportive of you. And you know, this trip out to October, it's going to be definitely, yeah, you're looking forward to it. I am. I love Atlanta. So I am looking forward to hosting. Um, I'm looking forward to all the things that I have coming up. And it's nothing like having the support of your husband and your children, too. Um, my children, they're old enough to where they kind of recognize what's going on. And so they are so supportive and they're excited about it. And it makes me excited. It makes me want to go hard and work harder and um, be able to um, just be a good role model for them. So, yeah. But I will tell you, I want to say this, having a supportive spouse is so important. And I just want to reiterate that with people because um, your peace is at home. And when you're doing things, you want to make sure that your spouse and your family life is good because Anything else, when you go home and lay your head, you want to make sure that you're at peace. You want to make sure your home is taken care of. And that doesn't mean just the home being taken care of. That's everything with your spouse, with your children, emotionally, everything. So I feel like that is just so um, important. And that's a big thing for me. No, it definitely is. And, and it's you have to have that support around you and you see how it's benefited you this far and just everything that you've been able to accomplish all the way up to now hosting your own podcast, Sowing Seeds. Sowing Seeds, Sowing Seeds. We have some episodes coming up. I can't tell you the guests we have coming up yeah. next, is, but I will say that um, that was one of my um, big things that I enjoy doing, like just being here talking to you today, like being on radio, talking and 
just uncovering new people, new ideas, just hearing from them, seeing what they have going on and sharing wisdom and knowledge from people. Sowing Seeds came out of me just sitting down, talking to my manager, and I told her, look, this is what I want to do. This is what God gave me, and it's just been taken off. So we've had some great guests, too. We've had um, Melody off of Love and Marriage Huntsville. We've had the amazing Angie Stone. If y'all don't know who Angie Stone is, I don't know what to R&B legend. R&B legend. And so, yeah, so I'm excited uh, for our next couple of guests that we have lined up. So, yeah. I'm not going to ask you the next guests are, but who are some people that you do want to get on your show? It could be in any lane. Who, who are some people you want to bring into? It could even be from a different lane. It could be any, entertainment. Anyone besides R&B. Don't get me started. I yeah. love Rick Ross. Okay, Rick, Rick Ross. Ross. <laughs> oh, I love Rick Ross. Um, I love Rick Ross. Um, Pastor Mike, he is a big uh, um, artist in the gospel arena. Um, I love, um, who else do I love? I mean, just, I have a lot of people on my list. Sierra, she's a fashionista. Um, she's big on my list. Um, and who else would I have on my uh, podcast? Anyone who brings life, Okay. I'm telling you, but one of my my big people, I would love to have Pastor Mike. And I would also like Sarah Jakes Roberts, too. I okay. think that she, um, I'm really good. But Rick Ross, 50 Cent, too. I love me some 50. He's out here in Houston right now. You know, he lives here in Houston now. So we'll see him here and now. I'm going to have to say 50 when he getting on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, it's interesting, 50 Cent Rick Ross, because we know the history that they have. So those are the two yeah. ones that you really want. <laughs> right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. They something totally different, which I really, really love in their own spaces. So I love, um, I love both of them. Yeah. I yeah. love both of them. How, how much did importance did, did hip hop play into just the soundtrack of your life and everything, just building up your own business and everything that you have going on? A lot, a lot. You know, it, it really, it really did. You know, I'm a down south girl, so um, cash money was really big yeah. for us down here. Um, but um, Jay-Z, he was also really, really big growing up for me. Um, and I, you know, everybody loves hope. If you don't love hope, yeah. I, I don't I don't know what to, <laughs> I don't know what to <laughs> with something wrong with you. But it did play um, a major part. And I'm an R&B girl, too. R&B. So, of R&B. Yeah, I love me some good Maya, some SZA. I mean, old school Maya. I love, I mean, yeah. yeah. So, a big R&B. Yeah. Beyonce, she's from H-Town. Oh, you know, I love Beyonce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I love a lot of people sleep on Solange. I actually went to middle school with Solange. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and so I love Solange. Um, her music is awesome. She has her own style, uh, which I really love. Yeah, people sleep on her, but well, some people do. I don't, but yeah, she's really good. No, I, I agree. The H Town like High Five is from down there too. You have a lot of R and B history down in Houston. Yeah, yeah, we do, we do, we do, we do. Someone sees. How, how do you plan on expanding this? Do you think you're going to take it on the road? What are the plans to expand in the podcast? The goal, we do want to take it on the road. We are wanting to do some live podcasting. So we do have that 
coming up in the works, which we're working on. So because I think in person, it's just so cool. It gives it a different vibe. You know what I mean? Um, so I am excited about that, um, taking it on the road and also going to that person, um, you know, going to their element where they're um, happy. In. And so I'm looking forward to doing that because people are most comfortable in their own element. So that's going to be exciting. No, it's going to be. I, I wanted to ask you this, because when we look at nine to fives, we see how people are treated in the workplace there. <laughs> Was it similar to work in a regular nine to five when you were working with the state and then? Took it oh to my the independent agency i was a, i was a slave okay yeah, that's, that's what I, I mean working from nine to five working from the state i mean it was very demanding when i say demanding it was so um demanding to where i mean i didn't even have time for my husband or my 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 son at the time i only had my son at that time so it was a lot and so i tell people all the time um with that most jobs you get to cut off, but when you were working for the state, I mean, it was just 24, seven, 365. Um, so I will tell people, um, being an entrepreneur though, it's still the same thing. <laughs> Except your, yourself is never a cutoff. Um, it's never, um, a cutoff things happen. Um, and you know, you don't have the luxury of doing that. Um, you do have people in place and things happen to where you will have a little break, but when you work for yourself, it's just a constant hunger and drive that you have. I, the thing about the nine to five job, especially the, with speaking about your experience with working for the state is that they just treat you like you're disposable. And they, you don't matter. Like you're putting in all this work for them, but at the end of the day, they could fire you. They treat you like crap. And it's just, it's always best to take the route that you did because yeah. you're your own business person. You control your destiny yeah. and your time. Yep. Yep. And it, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of sacrifice from yourself, from your family um, as well. Um, because I mean, I've had many nights when I was up in the office working two, three o'clock in the morning when I first started off by myself or, or I had different things going on. So, I mean, it's a sacrifice, but at least that sacrifice, like you said, is for you. You're not disposing yourself away. You know, other people, when you work for someone, they do just treat you like a number. And that's why when you work for yourself, you have to, you know, know like, hey, this is all me. And that's how it feels. You have to be a hustler to be an entrepreneur. That's what I tell people. You have to be a hustler. You have to have a business mindset. You have to always want to have that grind and that drive about you um, in order to have it to succeed and to learn from people as well to go to the next level so that you are not always hustling and, and out doing what you have to do. So um, it's, it's, it's levels, it's levels, but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. I, I'm interested in learning about building your team when making the transition from being at the private agency for 10 years to being at one care. So how did you go about building the team around you? Because infrastructure is everything. It was hard. Let me tell you, people don't want to work. That's number one. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm going to tell you, um, hiring people, it can be a challenge because you want to find who is going to be right a right fit. Um, I will tell you in this business, um, my leadership people have stayed with me. Uh, people who have, you know, who are just coming in, you know, just coming out of college, getting into social work, you know, 
it's it's hit or miss, but um, you know who are your leaders and who are your um, strong suit people who are going to stay with you because in order to have a business, you know, you want your people to grow too. So everybody in my leadership, um, on the leadership side that's in a higher position, I want you to grow. Even the people in a lower position, but it takes time for that to happen. But you want to be able to um, see your people grow and treat them right. That's how you're going to be able to keep them. So you want to make sure that that is leveled off correctly because it's been some challenges. Ooh, Mike, you just, oh, I'm telling you, if I could write a book or a TV show, you would be like, is, did this really happen? Because I mean, hiring people, dealing with what we deal with, it can be, it can be a lot. Yeah. And it's no, not for everybody. No, it's not. And and just think you're in the position that these other people are in when they're hiring the people. But at the same time, you treat your employees better because, like you said, you, you do give them breaks. You give them week vacations. You do nice <laughs> stuff with them. <laughs> yes. The don't have a labor law coming for me out here. The Texas uh, Workforce Commission coming for me. Yes, they get breaks. And it's not even about the breaks because that's just standard stuff. It's about birthdays it's about caring about the things that they have going on as well um not because let me tell you something i tell people all the time your friends your co-workers are not your friends i don't as it happens but i'm just saying you want to make sure you have a happy medium because most of the time you're at, at work with people more than you are with your family so yeah. you want to make sure that you have a um a good working environment and not boundary crossing because a lot of people don't understand they cross boundaries at work, but you want to make sure that you don't have that. And you want to treat your people how you would want to be treated, but still have that sternness and still have that professionalism. Yeah, I, I agree. And it, you, you got to have a great working environment. It, it's got to be positive because when you go to these other work environments, it's toxic gossip all over the place. People talking behind each other. I've never seen I, 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 my experience years ago with working at this place. I was working at a supermarket. Everyone was, I was like, am I back in high school? Like, what is this? Everyone's talking behind their backs. It's like you're, you're 40, 50 years old. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> go to work, get your check and go home. That's yeah. all you have. Like that, that's it. I mean, it's nothing more, nothing less. It's there. It, yeah. You don't want that in the, uh, in the work environment. I'm telling mm -hmm. you. Have you thought about taking this even further and connecting with people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and taking this deeper kind of more into the political thing and connecting with people on that circuit? I haven't yet. You know, I really, really haven't yet. I don't know if I'm ready for all of that just yet. Um, but I do know that we do need awareness in um, foster care and um, children who have intellectual disabilities because we are so underserved and we're they're underserved financially as well from the government because a lot of these programs come from the government. And so it starts off right here at the state level where we are now. And then, you know, it goes up federally, but we are needing more funding for um, children who have autism. Also our foster care system in Texas right now, we have a big, they have a big lawsuit right now where foster children are suing the state. And um, the state has been kind of really hard on um, agencies as well right now. And so um, it's a really big thing. And so right now the 
the states are they're renting out hotels here in Texas. If you have a rental property, if you have different things, they're having to place children in these homes because they don't have anywhere to put them. And so it's a lot going on out here in Texas. And um, we we do need some help. But taking it to that level yet, I have not I haven't thought about it yet. I, I think that. I could see you because you're already having the impact already and you've made history being everything, the youngest foster care owner, especially being an African-American. That's history right there, right up there with Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King. You're seeing it's going to be documented. It is. It is. And so, you know, it's a it's a heavy weight to carry, but I'm ready to carry it. But I can. I haven't thought about it, but I can see it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. (laughs) Yeah. it's going to manifest eventually you know i i I want to talk about the barriers that you really had to break in order to get out there and start making these these moves with these companies and everything that you're doing is on the business side of things because now we're seeing all the what congress is doing now reversing the affirmative action and all the stuff that's going on so now, now do you how much more difficult is it going to be to achieve something that you have done already for others now yeah um I think that it's getting a little bit easier, but it's still going to be hard regardless, you know, because it's so much red tape when it comes to politics and when it comes to getting your contracts and doing things like that. You have to build relationships in order to allow some of these things to happen. And so um, I feel that it's possible. It's getting a little, you know, easier, but it's still so much politics once you do get into it. Um, And I think that it shouldn't be like that as well. I mean, I think that it's, you know, you do what you need to do, get your contracts, um, you have the education, have the people in place and call it a day, but it's not like that um, all the time. Not. No, it's unfortunate what we're going through. I know there's a lot of, Things going, turning back the hands of time. Everything's going backwards now, but we got to keep moving forward here. But I wanted to get into it because you're also an author, The Power of a Thriving Mindset. Of a Thriving Mindset, that's my baby. Um, So it's just kind of my introduction on, you know, who I am and how I have gotten to be where I am. And so, um, you know, it is just saying kind of like what I said earlier, your mindset is going to set you to where you need to be. It's going to get you where you need to be. And so as long as you have that mindset to to keep pushing forward, um, it's going to get you where you need to go. Um, So, and it's having that power to change your mindset because I tell people all the time, your mindset can change. I mean, when you go through things, you have the ability to change it. Either you might be up, you might be down, you have things that's going around. It just depends, but you have to push forward and have your faith in God. And that's something that I'm really, really big on is my faith because that is something that pushes me towards it. And, um, and, you know, I'm a minister. And so that's also something that um, I don't take lightly. And so I know that having that mindset and having God in my life, it just it, it it is it shaped me who I am. And so I loved writing my book. It was it was some trying times writing it. At times I was crying and I was, you know, saying, should I put this and should I not put that? And so it was a, a big release for me as well. 
Yeah, no, it, it definitely was. And you could tell how powerful it was. I, I want I wanted to get into just with the book. When, when did you have to get into that mindset? When did you kind of have to take a step back and, and get into that successful mindset that you're at now and being like, I have to get into this mode in order to get on the path to success? You know, it just <laughs> my spiritual mother was a big part of that, you know, helping me and everyone doesn't have that. So I, I get that. And even before um, she came into place, I had things already set up. You know, it was just having that guidance. I had things in my mind that I wanted to do. It was just that um, reassurance. But you have to, um, you know, just know that it, it's going to all work out and having that that mindset. I mean, it's. It's hard. It's it's hard. It is. It's difficult. It is. It takes a lot of it's, sacrifice and dedication. It does. And consistency. Yeah. That's the key part is the consistency part. If you stay consistent, it's nothing that can stop you, but you got to stay consistent. You do. But it is. You do. You do. Consistency you really is key. Do. It is. It's a big thing. And people sleep on the consistency, but it's a big thing, too. And knowing when you need to go to another level, you know, knowing when you, it's time for you to 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 go to another dimension. Let me say that, because my godmother says we're not going to levels. We're going to dimension. So another dimension. You always want to know when it's that time. And for me right now, it's that time I'm in a transition time where I'm going through another dimension. I'm doing things that I've never done. I'm on this radio show with you. I'm writing books. I'm, you know, doing different things that I have asked God for. And so it's just being confident in what you have told yourself. That little voice inside yourself that says, hey, I want to do this. I want to do that. That's God speaking to you. And it's possible to be able to do it. You know what I mean? It's just knowing when the time is to go to that dimension. And I think a lot of us struggle with that. No, we do. A lot of times we don't know our purpose either. And you see, that's why people get caught up in the cycle of life. Let me tell you, so many people don't know their purpose. Like it's it's crazy. And I can don't even ask me when I knew my purpose. OK, <laughs> telling you, it's something that is is real. Um, people really don't know their purpose. And I think that that's it. It really it's hard when you don't know. You just like them. That's it. You just like them. Just going to work, figuring out you like them. But when something starts to speak and talk to you and you know it's not right, if anything gets bad enough, you're going to want to change it. So, yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. when did you allow God in your life? Because you've always, it seems as though you've always been spiritual. So when did you start to really... I yeah. I want to say probably about um two and a half, almost three years ago it's been. And so um when I just really was like, hey, that this is this is who I am in in him. And so um it was a good experience for me. You know, everyone um takes their spiritual experience differently. I don't know, <laughs> but for me it was something that I would never change for anything in the world. Um, when it happened to me, when I accepted God and I knew that this is, and he accepted me and this is who I was, I, you know, I was, how can I say it? I was still kind of in limbo. 
I was like, okay, people going to think that I'm crazy. They're going to be like, who is this lady? What are you saying? And so it's always a journey and it's being confident in knowing that this is who you are spiritually. I think that's a big thing for people who are in the spiritual world is to, um, you know, not have to worry about what other people are saying. That's just something that you always going to have to deal with. So it's a big thing, but I will say two and a half, three years ago. Yeah. No, that's big. And congratulations on that step and, and, and getting into your faith. That's important. It is important. It is important. You have to trust God even when you can't trace him. You have to know that he is the one who was doing everything for you. And everybody is different on their faith journey. You know, I don't knock people. You like it. I love it. But this is who I am. And so I'm just me and you do you. So. Health is wealth. Health is wealth. Say it again for the people in the back. Health is wealth. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It really is. You also have your own website, too, that people can go check out and everything that you have going on. <laughs> learn about your history and everything, too. Learn about me. You can go to NicoleMaysJackson.com. You can also check me out on IG at NicoleMaysJackson. Um, you can check out our um, business page, One Care Premier on IG and One Care Premier Services. We are also online. If you are in Houston, um, we serve we serve all of Texas. So if you want to be a foster parent, you want to adopt, if you want to know anything else about home and community-based services, please call us and check us out. Yes, please do that. Go check that out. Nicole, is there anything else you want to let the audience know that you want to mention that we didn't cover today? No, you covered everything. I thank you for being so humble. I thank you for doing your research and talking to me and sharing my message to the world. And I appreciate you for having me. It was such an honor. And I want to thank you so much. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. It really does. And and thank you for everything that you're doing out there for the communities and just people in general, foster care, people with disabilities. I think you're truly a savior. You're someone out here. Yeah. A soldier of God, for sure. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. No problem. And thank you. Keep doing great things. And we'd love to have you back on the show. I look forward to seeing your podcast. I actually have Angie Stone's going to be on my show this week. So I'll be tuned in to your show with her. Oh. So I'm going to make sure to be tuned in to see the the conversation that you shared. And I look forward to seeing that. Well, thank you so much. And it was a pleasure to be here. Oh, It means a lot. And thank you to Caitlin for setting this up as well. Yes, Caitlin. Shout out to Caitlin. Yes, thank you so much. And shout out to all oh, the doc. Oh my gosh. OMG. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Nicole, thank you again. Enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. Stay all safe right. out there. I look forward to everything you have on the way. All right. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>